Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. I'm Dan Landrum, here with Aaron O'Rourke and Stephen Seifert. Good, good morning, everybody. Good morning. We've been practicing going back and forth and doing that intro, which probably would be better if we had it written down, but we don't. Practicing? I wasn't uh, there. This is... Go ahead, Steve. I, I didn't get to practice that. Oh, I mean... We decide right before we go on, and Aaron hasn't done one yet. I know, but we don't want to pressure him. Let's don't yeah. do another show on practice. People know we think practice is important. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, yeah, it's gonna be one of those one of those days. This is our, I think, our fifty four fifty fifth show, maybe. That's which amazing. Is, uh, uh-huh. It is kind of amazing that we've done something that many times. If you're out there um, and you're thinking, "Wow, I listen to all of those," then we have a great amount of mercy. <laughs> available for you. I brought that up to say that uh, we'll see if we make it through this one. This is, what is today's date? The 28th? Is this going to be a hard one? Oh, it's uh, March 1st. It's March 1st, and there's massive storms rolling through Tennessee today. Oh, that's right. And all kinds of strange internet activity. Yeah, so we'll we'll just have to see Hmm. how this goes. But it's going right now. Uh, Can I just start, Steve? I give you permission. Told, you have my permission. Told you, yeah, I told you I had something that. So I wrote this down, and I may stumble as I read this, but this is this is kind of fresh, and it's on my mind, and I wanted you guys to think about it. I woke up this morning thinking about civility. I wonder if embracing and furthering civility, we can benefit from thinking about how we understand pain. Take a moment to think about the word pain. Most likely, you thought about this word involved in experience. So explaining the meaning of pain would be difficult without the experience of having been hurt somehow, because that's generally how we explain things. Pain is a response to a stimulus. Maybe the same concept applies to the word civility. Perhaps civility only exists as a word until it's tested by the stimulus of agreement. There has to be some uh, a disagreement, excuse me. My quick hypothesis, and this is why I'm reading you guys this, is this. In possession of this trait of civility, it should be possible to maintain respect for a person while completely disagreeing with an opinion that person holds. This prompts questioning whether all people are deserving of respect as default. My answer to that is a qualified yes, uh, with a caveat that <clears throat> excuse me, respect is something that can be lost, and some degree of respect is due just for it. A person having lived and and survived, you know, just being around in this life. Almost done. Please note this is in opposition to the general idea that respect must be earned. I take this position because we, uh, well, I take that, I don't like the position, let me just say that, that respect is something that we need to earn. Civility is independent of both the other person and their opinion. The meaningful test of civility or competency in civility is revealed in the words, methods, and manners used when we exchange ideas with those with whom we think wrong, who I think are wrong, and they think I'm wrong. We all encounter people who are uncivil. Uh, that's your phone. We all encounter people who are uncivil, but assuming that they are uncivil as a default is a mistake. Uh, boy, this uh, this is a lot longer than I thought. There's about six more paragraphs. I'm not going to read them, but that's enough to get in. So the general idea is people who talk about civility, about decorum, if they haven't actually encountered someone who disagrees with them and they, you know, where the two are in opposite opinions, it's never really been tested. And respect yeah. isn't something that's earned. It's something that's lost. I and think, I think yeah. one of Yeah. Well, I'll add one thing to that. I remember what the final paragraphs are about. We make a mistake when we see one, someone who's wealthy or good looking or achieves some high honor by affording them more respect than we do the person who's standing on the side of the street holding a sign that says we'll work for food or won't work for food. Just buy me a beer. That's a lot of stuff, Dan. I, I I like the idea that you really find out how civil you are when you are with somebody you disagree with completely. Uh, if if you're just hanging out with people you agree with all the time, we we don't really know how civil you are, <laughs> you know. And I I like the idea that trust or respect, let's say, 
um, sometimes it's earned, but often I choose to respect somebody up front before they've earned it. That's kind of a choice I make. I'm going to say respect and trust are different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think trust is earned. I think you go in skeptical of everyone you meet. Trust is something that takes, takes the experience. Uh, Respect is something that I think you should afford people so that you make a better decision about whether or not to trust them. (laughs) Now we're talking about like one possibility would be, you know, I go through a, a old time traditional dulcimer phase and, and I get a fan because of that. And then all of a sudden I start playing weird stuff on the dulcimer and they're writing me an email to say that they enjoy our friendship, but they certainly don't enjoy the, the new modern music I've been playing on the dulcimer. And we're able to have a civil, respectful uh, exchange around that. Right. I, I don't know. I, I would feel, honestly, I would feel a little bit judgmental that someone took the energy and time out of their day to write for no other reason other than to say, I don't enjoy what you're doing. That's right. That's a good test well, of civility right there. Yeah. But, I think I can stay civil, but I think my judginess may have uh, impacted the respect that they that I originally had for them by default. But maybe that's what we're trying to address with this whole thing. So with, with, with what you were saying, I know you, you talked about respect as a default and I agree, but would you also agree that respect can be lost? That's, I think that's the only way respect works. Okay. It can be lost. I think it's the default. Now are we talking about when a builder adds a one and a half fret at a festival and it puts it in the wrong place? Is this what we're talking about? Are we dealing with things like that, or what are you talking about? All right, well, that's a good... I don't think so. (laughs) Well, I think that's a good example, though, for for this point that's part of this. (laughs) And I'm hesitating now because this can come across as as arrogant, or you think you've got this figured out, and that's not where I'm coming from. But people can have the wrong opinion because they've been misled at some point. Sure. And I think losing respect for them is a mistake it's until you and it goes back to this whole thing until you have this disagreement about where that fret should be placed right so it depends on how they react in that how they handle that so it it, i mean it sounds like it's not so much a respect for conclusions or opinions as much as a respect for process well, uh, yeah. or the shared Maybe human condition you, of facing. All I'm this. talking about respect for people, oh, right. so that you can have a discussion about process. Yeah. But their conclusions are not going to affect your respect for them. It's their process that oh, is their epistemic method. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! That's the best word ever. Everyone needs to learn that. Stop being afraid. Say it. Let it roll off your mouth. Is there that, a way that, that I can lose your respect quickly so we can get on to being <laughs> friends? <laughs> Come on, I want to hear it. Watch this. I'd love to hear you say epistemic methods. Epistemic method. Now, can you meow? Yeah, you ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> epistemic method simply is the way you determine, the way you come about believing as many true things and as few false things as possible. Now, so in this disagreement that you're going to have with the person, whether or not you're deciding. Oh, I can't wait to find out what this is about. Yeah. In this disagreement, they could be. <laughs> uh, here's the word. They could be not educated. I'm trying to remember in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? When the big guy who squeezes the frog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he has some great ways he talks about the fine art of conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what the phrase is, but in that art of conversation they may not have learned specific methods of of staying on point of recognizing fallacies in their own arguments or the Mm -hmm. arguments of the people that they're talking to and if they don't have that particular skill you can't fault them for that because these aren't things that we're generally being taught we generally get taught like well 
common sense will tell you. And then as you start studying fallacies, you go, actually, common sense leads you wrong a lot. It's better to have more of a, a method, an epistemic method that thinks even common sense can lead you to make a mistake. I agree with all that. Steve? I think. Uh, uh, so let's have this let's uh, have this uh, argument. Uh, 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 I'm going to uh, be the guy putting the fret in the wrong spot. So talk to me about it. Oh, well. okay. Well, I'll tell you because it just happened. Oh, uh, somebody who I respect. <laughs> and if you're listening and you're that person, I'm not talking about you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the logic checks out. <laughs> um, He's being civil. Well, <laughs> let me let me just say to you who's listening, I don't expect anybody to be perfect. Look at my mess every day. Uh, but I just want to tell you what I witnessed, or l- at least what I think I witnessed. You added a fret, and it. first of all, I, I'm not sure it was in the right place, but what I do know is you pounded it in too deep so when the person plays that one and a half fret the string buzzes against the second fret does that make sense Aaron I think I got that right yeah sure now what did I do when this dulcimer owner comes to me and says check this out well what I want to say is oh you need to go back to them and tell them it's buzzing oh it was just such a do you, do you see the position I was in there? How awkward that was? Yeah. But you can say it without... I think it would be showing incivility if you said, this guy's an idiot the way he put this fret in. No, I don't yeah. think he's an idiot at all. That's That would be almost the equivalent of calling us idiots every time we play a wrong note. Yeah. Yeah. Now... So let's say you go to this person. That's why I was going to say I'll, I'll role play with you if you want me to be that person and, and take it two different ways. And, if, and, if was, and we would do it civilly. Right. But there's a point at which you realize people just dig in and they make this mistake of just defending a position. Or I could say to you, no, that's buzzing because you're pressing too hard. Okay. Well, I would just take the dulcimer and be like, hey, check this out. Play that note. Play that one and a half. Do you hear that buzz? And then I could just shut up out of respect for them and let them I don't, figure I don't it hear, out. I don't hear a buzz. I've seen this happen. I don't hear a buzz. All right. Well, can we... Let's get somebody else to see if they can hear the buzz. Maybe I'm wrong. It is loud in here. Ah! So, so the thing that you just said... Have you ever watched Malcolm Gladwell? You know, Malcolm writes lots of books, does lots of lectures, and... Uh, I'm trying to remember what some of his titles are now. <laughs> this is a weird titles, podcast. Too. You know Malcolm Gladwell. Well, I know the name. Guy with the big curly hair. I've listened thinker. to his book, right? On yeah, yeah. Slice? Sorry, Did he do Slice? Well, sli- so, yeah, he's got several like that. But they're, they're dealing with... Anyway, Malcolm, when you watch him in an interview, he disarms conversations all the time. So somebody he'll he'll throw down on a point and somebody will challenge him and he'll always start he's got kind of this high soft voice he goes, well, I might be wrong, but and then he says what he thinks mm-hmm. and it so what see, you just did right there that's like a that's a huge tool see somebody who it, does the opposite of that is I just I, I don't want to be around that person uh, unless I absolutely have yeah. to. What if there's no chance they're wrong? <laughs> what? Out of respect, what do you do? I like the fact. I wish you guys could see the face Aaron's making at me now. <laughs> Describe this face, Aaron. <laughs> What's that mean? Mm. <laughs> We've all been through this a bunch of times. Oh yeah, where there's no chance that some that the other oh, person. Oh no, is I don't wrong? agree with that. I don't even. Yeah. Oh, so are you guys? That, gonna... That's what I'm pushing back on see i think dan yeah, often said, thinks there's no chance he's wrong about certain things oh that's not true okay i mean i'm no psychic i could be wrong but um <laughs> but there are things that we know i i know i like popcorn with nutritional yeast on it i'm not wrong about that i like it there's a chance but 
Is there a chance that maybe you were putting something else on popcorn without realizing That's it? right. That's what I thought. If you say you like honey, and I say to you, do you realize there's a certain percentage of that where they're adding uh, molasses? And you go, no, 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 no. It says pure honey. You know, and then we got to find out, oh, well, they do add a small amount of molasses. So, so <laughs> this conversation is quickly going to get down to, you know, Bantham and... Oh, I'm, I was just I'm trying to remember. Did you say so Beavis tired. and I mean, What did he say? Jeremy, Be- well, never mind. I was going to go into philosophers, but... Oh, no. Can we agree that... Can we, at least for this conversation, agree that we exist? <laughs> that we're having the conversation? I will agree that I exist. Okay, that's exact. Yeah. That's Descartes. So that's, I think, therefore I am. And that's what he came down to, is, you know, the basic agreement that I exist. So... For the sake of this conversation, I'm going to agree that you exist. Too. I'm willing to temporarily agree to that. And I'm going to say that I like doing this podcast clothed. And that's true. Yeah, we don't want to do it naked. Right. Let's not. So I'm mean, for, on that. For the record, we've never tested this and have no intention to. <laughs> uh, we're so, not even. Uh, why? Because we already know that it's true. There are things that we decide, okay, this is true. And I of course, there's that's true. degrees of certainty. doubt. Could, could, yeah, degrees of certainty. So we could, we say, I'm 100% convinced that this would be very uncomfortable if we were unclothed. Yeah, at least 99%. Everything in my experience tells me this is true because of trust, but that's away from respect. All right, so I want you to... Let's get back to the what a, the question was, the person who is right and you really are wrong. How should they tell you? The person who's right. You know, I... And, and in this case, I think it's you. Okay. Because I would I'd trust you more as a default as somebody who plays a lot of instruments. Well, honestly, in the scope of a day and the reality of what I got to deal with that in that day, if I show you that the fret is buzzing and it's really obvious to me that it is, maybe I've even had other people confirm this and you think it isn't. I I don't have any more time for that. I have to move on to other things. Now that might not always be the case, but maybe that's the case right now. So can you have that disagreement with this person and then walk away from that conversation and still have respect for them, but feel like, well, they were maybe digging in just because that's what humans tend to do. I respect that they're in a similar position as me as far as we're all humans. uh, We're all looking for truth. We get sidetracked by bias and fear and all kinds of stuff. And, And I can say, honestly, I believe he was telling me what he thought was the truth. And, um, you know, yeah, I can still respect you, but next time I've got to bring a problem. If somebody comes to me and says, is he a good guy to add a one and a half fret? Then I'm in that awkward position because I don't want to talk bad about somebody, but I'm going to try to be positive and say, hey, I think maybe your own builder might be the best person to add that for you or something. Could there, could there be, um, is, is it possible that. Yeah, it could still buzz, but it's not entirely his fault oh, or not yeah. his fault at all. Yeah. Maybe the frets weren't level to start with. Yeah, let's say, I mean, maybe the relief of the dulcimer fretboard is maybe non-existent or a little off. They like really low action, so you don't notice it at the first fret, because when they press down the first fret, there's a little bit more drastic angle going to a whole step, whereas the one and a half fret that right. angle is going to be a lot more shallow uh, hitting a half step. It depends fret. on a lot of things, and I'm not going to be... I really yeah. have learned the hard way that I'm, I may be wrong. And when I say I may be wrong, I have learned that I have off... Like, the, the guy that came up to me at a festival, he says, I love uh, this one tab I got that you put down and he mentioned it and i said i don't think i've ever done that before (laughs) and he told me the title and i'm thinking i never heard it he plays it i've never heard of it and then like two weeks later he sends me the tab and sure enough i remembered it right then it has your name on it Hmm. yeah but in the moment i couldn't have been more certain now i have this other problem where there was a lady once that said i enjoyed seeing you in anchorage at a folk festival and I said, I'm pretty sure I've never been to Alaska. She said, you were there. Yeah, I love that. Now that one, 
I'm pretty darn sure I haven't been to Alaska, but because I've been so stupid in the past, I'm willing to say maybe I was there. I think that's healthy, Steve. Well, one of one of my favorite uh, experiences with that was when um, <laughs> the conclusion we arrived at was, well, then there must be another Aaron O'Rourke. Uh, yeah, we got into parallel universes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So the the multiverse. That's that's the reason. You know, it's the multiverse. You know, when you say somebody's smart, we've talked about how there's an uh, there's an idea that there are different types of intelligence. So you can be socially intelligent, mathematically not very intelligent, you know, physically, uh, maybe you're somewhere in the middle. I think there's maybe, I'm wondering if there's different kinds of respect. Well, to have any conversation, you have to define. Well, that's what I just proposed. You have to define for that conversation what that word means. And respect is probably a hard one to define. Uh, I mean, I can respect, I'm going to revisit trust. I know it's a different idea, but I trust Dan pretty much. If he said, I need you to jump off of this bridge now, no questions asked. I might do it because I trust you that much. But if you said you, you didn't have a pilot's license, but you figured it can't be all that hard and you're going to (laughs) fly us somewhere. I'm not going to trust you with that. I wonder if this sounds like the kind of thing that happens in dreams. Like, maybe the respect depends on a context a little bit. Well, you, you jumped back over to respect, but that's trust. No, you, but no, no, no. We kind of had this conversation. Just use your a imagination of a little bit. I think I'm saying it depends on the context. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. If I tell you Angie and I just got a, a new miniature poodle no. or a toy toy poodle. I lose respect for you. <laughs> big poodle giant poodle no problem all right we just got a new we just got a new standard poodle if i tell you that you're probably going to believe me if i tell you angie and i just went to PetSmart and they were selling green fire breathing flying dragons and we've got it you know in a in a kennel right now you wouldn't believe me well i would figure you were kidding and if it turned out you were mentally ill, I don't think I'd lose respect for you. Ah, yeah. gee, that's so that's that's the thing. When we're having these conversations, it's not that you're deciding somebody's mentally ill, but you, you may realize that for whatever reason, somebody digs in on something that they probably shouldn't be digging in on and or creating as often happens in these conversations, you know, some sort of straw man argument, which I could see that happening with the fret. I mean, that's why even saying the reason it's happening is because you're pressing too hard. That's trying to divert it off into something else. And I think you can decide people aren't able to have. I, I like the word argument when you're talking about reason and debate. I don't like the word argument the way it's generally meant is that like you're fighting there's yeah, yeah there's stress but our good argumentation wow it's just so much fun to be involved in that well for you don't you like to know when you're wrong <laughs> it appears the other kind is more enjoyable for- <laughs> <laughs> it's very important to me that whatever i need to be to be considered somehow on equal footing with you i need that to die i want that to die on equal footing with the you in general or are you talking with you <laughs> because oh, i am ornery a little bit i don't want to be like that well i think that's kind of this conversation we're all like that oh what if you're having a bad day man it gets harder to respect somebody like i have a friend who's in jail and um if said friend did what he's accused of Man, that challenges my respect of him. But I can, there is a level of respect I have for all humans, you know, that he he's not going to d- take that away. Um, so anyway, what, 
What's the deal? What are you talking about anyway? That it's... You were onto something there a second ago. Uh, you had a point about... What? having a, If you're having a bad day, having a method of knowing that you're having a bad day and learning to see those signs... Yeah. That would be part of a good epistemic method. I'm partially motivated to do that out of respect for the people that I have to have a relationship with. Hmm. I think they're going to be conversations that we choose not to have because we're not in the right frame of mind. Oh, that's true. It. Like I've found it's never, it's not very good. There's, there's uh, moments of conflict that aren't the most teachable and learnable moments. That right. may not always be the case. But for instance, at the end of a long, hard day, when everybody's tired, it might not be the best time to enter into a debate about something. Emotionally, I've seen that that's not the best time for me. Yeah. It's better for me to write in the morning than it is in the afternoon. Now, what is our application specifically? Do we have a specific application for these thoughts this morning? No, just what I woke up thinking about. I, well, I, I will bring it down to something. I'm not, I don't want to turn this into a political discussion. I'm going to so go ahead not, and disagree with you before you say it. Hey, before I make this point. <laughs> yeah. Watching the light change in the room where you are. Yeah. It looks like you guys are about to get stormed on big time. Really? You notice it's getting darker and darker. It, yeah. <laughs> the sunlight coming in through your windows is, oh, thanks, Steve. All right, go Turn ahead. that off. Go ahead and Hey, talk. that was only interesting when people could see it. I know, but go ahead and go ahead and talk now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I recently watched a conversation on Facebook that said uh, musicians. Remember, don't ruin, cuss. We'll, we'll lose our G rating. <laughs> musicians ruin their... Uh, their credibility when they get involved in politics. Right. And the instant responses were, what are you talking about? Yeah. Look at all the incredible musicians who sort of came out of protest. Yeah. It's part of the art form. Does it have a place in the dulcimer world? What were they taught? Were they talking about in terms of performance or just public uh, sharing their opinion publicly? B. Oh, it's fascinating. I mean, by that <laughs> logic, I mean, um, teachers, coal miners, engineers also lose their credibility when they post on Facebook publicly. I don't. Why was the career? I know why uh, musicians. Choice. I know. It's OK. Can you explain it to me? I idolize musicians in a way that I don't idolize plumbers. And I tend to operate with a bias where that musician can do no wrong. So for like, for instance, uh, Sting, I really like Sting. And in my little imagination, I tend to think he is awesome. He is perfect. And I even want to be just <laughs> like Sting. And then if all of a wait, sudden wait, he wait. says... Like Sting from the movie Dune or <laughs> Sting best like from... Sting okay. the musician. <laughs> Sting okay. the musician. And I liked him in Dune, by the way. Uh, but if he says something like, "If and I'm making this up, but if he said, I hate Southern cooking, I hate chicken and dumplings, I just hate everything about it, that might really hurt me. Because I've right. built up this artificial uh, idolization of him. <laughs> then you are being uncivil. Yeah. Because I think that shouldn't hurt you, but I, for, for me, sorry, this is, maybe I was being uncivil in the way I said that, but what would make me have a harder time listening to Sting's music uh, is if I found he beat his wife. Yes. Or yeah. he harmed children. Yes. Yeah. I just said this to somebody yesterday. We just had this conversation mm. and I said, we just had this exact conversation and I I said, I'm not saying that, you know, we were talking about Socrates, actually, and this idea that Socrates um, was a pedophile. And I said, 
I know there's a lot of neat stuff that Plato says Socrates said, but the whole pedophile part of it just turns me off. I just, and, and he, he was telling me that's not reasonable. I was like, I know, but I'm just telling you, I, I'm just telling you the way I'm operating. Wow. Go ahead, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't go there. No. No. <laughs> now, no, I don't want to lose credibility. <laughs> what's a good example of that? I think Rick James is a good example of that. He, or Lionel Richie. Well, Rick James was... Uh, didn't he do the song... Um, well, I forget what the song he did now. James Gang was, I mean, what it was. But he apparently locked a girl in a closet and went to prison for that. And, you know, the funny thing is, look at um, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis married his first cousin when she was 13 or something. And then shot a man in a bar for asking if he could try his pork chop. Killed him. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about. (laughs) Can I? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you laugh kind of like your mom, Steve. <laughs> that was really cool. That was he shot him. That was so funny. <laughs> a, a, a lamb among wolves. <laughs> so listen to this. Let's move in the direction of of marriage and fidelity. Oh goodness if gracious! We grew up in a society where people had multiple partners. And I'm talking about husbands, wives. I'm not talking about a patriarchal society where a man has, you know, a harem. Dulcimer, I'm talking Dulcimer, about if we grew Dulcimer. up. <laughs> Good point. But if we grew up in this society, meaning we were, that was the way we viewed culture. And that's the way it worked. I wouldn't have these strong feelings that it's really important for me to be faithful to my wife and for my wife to be faithful to me. We are as monogamous as you could possibly be, as far as I know. Who is? My wife and I. I I keep up my end of the bargain. But if we grew up in a society where that wasn't part of that, my actual feelings about that would probably be different. And so when you look at Socrates or, or David from the Bible, you know, you really do have to put that in context of what the culture was teaching people, you know, the current mores. Yeah, but I don't agree that that's the only influence on There's some more the desire to be monogamous. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember who it was. Um Maybe it was Dawkins who was who was talking about this and said, made the comment that we're covetous creatures by nature. Yeah, I've read some books that make me think things have changed over time, but no, yeah. no, that's a different subject. Yeah, listen, I like it the way it is. What is I mean, what what is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> we're having it. We're having a conversation. A civil about, conversation. A civil conversation. <laughs> I'm being. I don't respectful. really remember how we. God, you're the one who brought up Socrates. Well, sure, because that's the one that bothered me the most yesterday. Yeah. I've never heard... Well, you're the one that brought up Socrates. <laughs> that's right. Like First a, person who mentioned like Socrates a, loses. <laughs> like, I was thinking of a t-shirt that says, Socrates a loser. Like, that would be a heck of a t-shirt, wouldn't it? I don't think he'd sell many. Um, Michael Jackson's music. You see, I, I don't know enough to judge Michael Jackson and what he did or didn't do, but... I personally love the music of Michael Jackson. Like, I'm talking really like it. I always have for many, many reasons. Okay. Uh, but, right. And it's just, anyway. But so you were saying somebody. Well, 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 no, no, don't Hang on, this. hang on. This... I'm not. You were saying when somebody says, look, I came to the concert to hear music. I didn't come to hear your political opinions. Uh, but we were talking. A Facebook conversation. Yeah, specifically about. N- not uh, not about. uh sharing it in concert but can just... can we steve aaron and dan afford to have a political opinion in these trying political or a times? religious opinion or a religious opinion that's right or one about well, socrates well i don't know i remember when i was 16 and uh a dulcimer player who's been doing this a long time who i love and care about told me Aaron, 
I just want you to know, if you do this, uh, there's you're going to run into a situation where someone makes an assumption about your religious beliefs or your political beliefs, and it's good for you to be ready for that. Did I say? I didn't say that. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh, I was wondering. No. Yeah, okay. Someone older than you. <laughs> Who was it? It wasn't you either. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't know if I can... Uh, I, I feel don't a little uncomfortable. It. Oh, yeah, don't say it. Because it was said in... Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah. Well, I... I don't share my religious and political beliefs generally because, hello, listeners, I'm really scared of half of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, hate, I'd hate to have half a listener coming at me. Right. <laughs> you know, which half bothers you the most? <laughs> is it the part with the brain or the other half? Is this podcast about where we are saying we will respect them and we want we crave that respect back or something? What is this? Well, it's as these things tend to do, it's morphed into something that is very pertinent to what's mm-hmm. going on right now. I mean, just the whole his, the whole tradition of folk music is kind of wrapped up in politics just a little bit. I don't th- ma- I don't agree with that. Just the political ones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, look, the, the, so can we talk about pop, the pop side, and, and maybe put a pin in this and come back to it? I love pop music. Sure. <clears throat> to think that if the 80s happened again. Oh, that would be so great. That, you know, Michael Jackson or Madonna, or, or, or David Schnaufer, you know, for that matter, would be found and known and be the icons in, in you know, those arenas, I think is a mistake. Because no, wait, what's if, a mistake? So here's the, here's the deal. Let's, you brought up Michael Jackson, so let's stick with him for a minute. Uh Michael Jackson became this, you know, king of pop icon for many reasons, but there's all kinds of things that led up to it. Think about the kind of books we've read, like the the Jeffrey Colvin thing about talent is overrated and uh, outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. That's one of his books that, you know, there are other factors that go in to success and we often get there and we, do you know when I say the myth of meritocracy, do you know what that is? No. It's it's the myth that you got there on your own merits, not that all these other things lined up that happened. And well, if you grew Jackson, up with clean water in your neighborhood, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, good point. a factor. That's a factor. But the Jackson Five, if it hadn't been for their dad, their abusive you know, father. No, I don't know that. I don't father, know that. Perhaps, know that. but it, just one twist of fate at some point could change some producer that saw them, you know, might have might have had a bellyache that day and, and been in the bathroom when the Jackson Five did their performance, you know, at wherever it was. It and might it not have, have made been the somebody light else. Day. My point is the culture carves out positions that are going to be filled by pop icons. And not just the mm-hmm. there's many and I'm factors. seeing just so you know, I'm seeing this as a different thing. The culture carves out positions that are going to be filled by pop icons. Somebody will fill that position. There will always be that. The folk tradition is counterculture. And often I it's don't agree more. With that. Well, I think it is. Keep going. Sorry. I think folk, the folk tradition is more counterculture and people are objecting to something and so they're fighting whatever the pop culture is to some degree that's a, just a general idea it's not something i thought through but okay i mean to my my gut reaction to that is that's that's hard to say because folk is so broad it's kind of right. like saying jazz or rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we could say political folk but i mean we could even there's there's certain i mean political elements to to folk music that even that go beyond and predate. I mean, could that be a Protest genre though? Songs. Folk music uh, about ninjas is generally about ninjas. <laughs> what, what's Puff the Magic Dragon about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I sang it in school. I yeah, me too. I I remember going to a concert. This is related. 
I went to a Harry Connick Jr. concert in high school, and my girlfriend at the time, she didn't like that he was talking in between songs. And he wasn't talking about anything contentious. It was just banter. And it, I don't remember it being excessive. He was just talking. She probably hates this podcast. <laughs> and I remember her going, I didn't come here to listen to him talk. I want to hear the music. And I remember thinking, I like this guy. I like what he's talking about. You know, that bothered me. She came here to listen to him talk in pitches. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, so I guess what the, where I really felt the podcast got interesting for me was this idea that I am not revealing in mass my religious or political perspective. And somebody might say, you're, you know, I don't respect you anymore then. Because you're not willing to stand up for what you believe in. You just might not be you're comfortable doing that. Yeah, that's, I disagree with Am that. Am I a coward? Am I a sellout? Because I know, here's what you happens could... when, you, when you really express, if I was to right now express certain ideas I have, I would, 50% of my audience would instantly become more endeared to me. And 50% would become less endeared to me. And maybe the yeah. net result would be the same. Well, you better be making it because of your chops. But see, here's why I don't do it. So listen up, you punks. The reason I don't do it is <laughs> I want to be in relationship with you. Before we start talking about the things that matter most in life, it, me just saying it on stage, it just becomes, uh, it's crap. Like, I want to be in your living room where we learned to respect each other and we, we become friends and then I can start to open up and we can start to talk about things that we don't see eye to eye on, but we can actually learn from each other. We can give each other something to think about. When I just do it on stage, man, that's, that's, it just doesn't seem to work because that's a show. But that's part, it's either part of your show or it's not part of your show. Well, and not, not for me, I prefer yeah. to do that. I prefer to talk about those matters in, in homes around a, around breaking bread i'm okay with somebody else deciding they're going to make the concert be the place for that i'm all right with them doing that i don't want to do that and and if you think i'm selling out anybody give me a call come to my <laughs> home i've got a room here you can stay in for a week but i will do but a if security you want to see check joan Baez, you know that there's going to be you know some some re- folky rebellion if you know her at all you know that or tom paxton you know or tom you, paxton. you know that's going to be part of the deal if you don't know that though it might surprise you yeah that's okay it's okay to be surprised so why don't you guys talk more about religion and politics from the stage well, we don't have time at these at, at, at the <laughs> festivals. She only gets. Oh, we only have minutes. seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we got a seven, and that includes setup and takedown. Yeah. It would be like the. It would be like Twitter, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, that's oh, a great idea. Wow. The typical festival never, performance slot is the Twitter of concert. You know? I right. never saw that parallel before. Yeah, yeah wow. it's there. I think it would be cool oh. if they said, "You get thirty seconds. Go, monkey, go." <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah I, I i remember anyway so no seriously I, why don't you I do would, it more well maybe that's part of what this conversation is about are you thinking of doing more of it not that but this conversation is doing what I'm thinking about doing. I think we need to have more conversations about civility and conversation and realizing that we can be civil to each other. Uh, I <laughs> This is maybe maybe you see this as political, but my goodness, we are privileged to have been born in this part of the world in this time. This is a pretty incredible thing. It's almost a but curse. It, it's so wonderful. But this mm. this space was carved out for us by people prior to us that compromised, that had conversations, that came from all different kinds of backgrounds, and really were interested in creating a secular democracy. And so they worked at this thing. And there were people that were religious, people that were not religious. There were people that were really concerned with trade. There were people that were really concerned with not 
hurting other people, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, how we divide into lefts and rights and centers and all that kind of stuff. All that existed, but they, you know, but they made it work and they compromised. And you can read about some of those compromises in the, in the extreme chasms that, you know, they started on the opposite sides of issues and kind of pulled together because they're like, oh, we can make this work. I think we're living in this time now where we've decided, well, you can't talk about these things because it just makes people mad. No, <laughs> that it separates us more. I think we should be more concerned with how we talk to each other than what we talk about. I mean, the first step is how are we going to think? How are we going to communicate? And if we can't agree on that, I'm not real interested in going into the content. Wait, that makes sense. Why were you guys making hand signals right then? Because uh, you just got really dark. It is so like, dark in it, your room now. Yeah. We, we don't need more light, but it's an indicator yeah. of rage yeah. against the dying of the light. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, there's a storm. Hey, what about uh, like, who's that comedian that was groundbreaking in the 60s? I forget his name. Fun, Lenny nice Bruce. Guy or not? Lenny Bruce. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Now, Le- people liked Lenny Bruce, but he I got into this thing with Lenny his Bruce. legal disputes. He started blue comedy, basically. Oh, okay. Well, he popularized it, I would say. But he got in, a, people started coming to his shows, and he got into this thing where he would just read these legal documents. <laughs> and everybody was saying, uh, we kind of know what you're talking about, but we really. You're overdoing this, dude. We didn't come here to hear one hour of you reading legal papers. It was like, you know, so I can see, I've, I've thought, you know, if somebody wants to talk about this or that, that's fine, especially if they're willing to accept the responsibility and the, the repercussions of that. Did I use say well, that word right? Is it repercussions? That works for me. Yeah. The question is, do... If you come on <clears throat> and tell me all this, and, and you, I see you on Facebook, just really holding a strong opinion about something that I think is just completely counter to reality. You're and, not talking about me. You're talking about anybody. No, I'm talking about you in, at this point. I don't have opinions on there like that. I know. I know. But <laughs> for this hypothetical, let's say you did. I'm making the same mistake it's the two yeah i'm making the same mistake i think you are by just writing you off because of that i guess you what 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 i i should <laughs> i don't i don't like to see things where where somebody says you are this or you just do this if you want to know what somebody is or what they do or the way they think you should ask them a question which is part of civility it's not presuming to think for someone else and i'm probably going to call you on the phone to do that i don't think i'm going to do that uh, on facebook personally but I, there may be a place for the public way of doing it that's not me generally just today someone that thunder we're hearing is at steve's house <laughs> ours is coming just today on facebook i asked someone i do this on a regular basis conversation was going on and people were countering back and forth and they generally do you know a pretty good job but what they did was said uh somebody posted a picture of a person next to a pig and they were making some identity thing about it i deleted it this was in my facebook thing and i wrote them privately and i said please don't do that yeah somebody did that to me too they put something on my feed that i just wish they would have talked to me about it it was weird like why did you presume you could just stick that on there? Yeah. Hmm. They did that to you today? Yeah. I mean, it was no big deal. I, I do this on a regular basis. Because yeah, my political thing that I would like to be more vocal about is not really political. It's And it's not philosophical. It's we can do a better job of communicating with each other. And if Aaron posts something that offends me, I can just ignore it and it disappears in just a second. All I have to do is just move on. Now, I can decide if I need to engage, but if I don't have time to engage Aaron on on a subject where we can really talk about it, then don't. (laughs) That's my point. Stuff would calm down. 
I, I want to read this thing that I posted on January 21st on my Facebook. If you want to read right. some interesting replies, everybody, it's my January 21st post. I have a bunch of Facebook friends named Steve Seifert or Steven Seifert. Um, I used to have about 22 friends on there with my name, and we had a little club. Eventually, we were going to do a cruise or something, but I don't think that's going to happen. But one of my Steve Seifert friends, I'm not <laughs> kidding. This, this is a real, I'm not kidding. This is a real friend of mine with my same name. It is not me. So that morning, I saw him post this. He said, and I quote, I have friends who voted for both parties, so I keep that in mind before I go and post anything that says how stupid people are or calling them worse things for voting for their candidate. I think it would be insensitive to them and their opinions, and I respect their decision and right to vote the way they did. Okay, so I posted that, and I said I completely agree. Now, what you might notice he's saying there is that he doesn't it's not that he never calls people stupid. <laughs> He's saying he tries to keep in mind that he has friends on both sides before he posts where he's saying people are stupid. And I think that's the respect we're talking about. Well, if well, you'll read the responses, you'll see some reasonable responses. And some of them, honestly, are, to me, are a symptom of mental illness. It's just crazy. A few of the responses... Are crazy, and I decided not to, not to even go there. <laughs> okay, um. <laughs> go for it, Aaron. No, I just left in the conversation of, with this post on respect, but some of the responses are crazy. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. But you, you said, um, can we go back to the original post? When he mentioned respect... He didn't. Uh, he didn't say respect for their opinions at any point? Uh, hang on, let me... Now I've... Um, I think it would be... In, he's suggesting... He wants to be sensitive to them and their opinions. And he... Oh, you're right. He says, I respect their decision. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree I with would disagree with that, too. Yeah. On it. I think you can be respectful for them without having respect for their decision. Yeah, but he chooses or to respect their and, decision. And if anything, I think that reducing, because this is political, I think there is a, a danger in reducing opinions to be this minimal thing that we can all respect when those opinions that's turn right. into actions. Well, that's because and have I very think you define impacts. it in a very Peter Pan way. I believe, okay, well, tell me how I define it. I, I can't do that. You should do that for me. I think, but this you just guy, told me how I define it. I'll yeah, be glad you just to. Did. You're right. My opinion is that you have a Peter Pan type of definition for that. I don't mean that. Um, I think what I mean is when you say... Nice job, gentlemen. That we shouldn't... <laughs> that, that we're kind of sucking the quality and the meaning out uh, of... Uh, I'm trying to point out that what this guy's doing is saying he chooses to respect their decision. I don't think he's saying... So you're saying you, you don't agree with that. Because I, I agree with the first part of it. Um, th there's there's part of that that I do agree with, but I don't agree with um, uh, this inclination towards respect for opinions. That's right. Or ideas is maybe a like a word. generic respect yeah. of opinions, regardless right. of what they yeah. are. I don't I, I don't respect or disrespect opinions. Yeah. I agree or disagree with opinions. But I choose I respect to respect somebody no respect. having an opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily right. respect their opinion. I think he's saying um, I respect their decision and right to vote the way they did. I I, I presumed he meant I, I respect the, them going through that process and developing an opinion and, and making a decision. That nuance that you talked about, though, of respecting the person and, and agreeing with or disagreeing with the idea is central and missing. Mm -hmm. I think we could do better if that became central and not missing. <laughs> I mean, I had one of these guys on here say, if you have friends that voted for so-and-so, then your friends are a-holes. You know, that was one of the responses. <laughs> You know, if you wanted, so if you wanted to have a respectful conversation with that person now, I don't have time say, for that. <laughs> Who, nobody nobody wanted got time to, for that. The question would be, 
Can you define that? Define what you mean by I'll that. send all these people to you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have time for that either. That's why you just ignore them. I and did. they go away unless they're doing something that is like posting a picture of a pig and a person. You know, those I'll delete off of my thread, yeah. but I'll write them privately and say, look, sorry, you know, but I want you to know why I did this. I don't write them privately. Rather than, rather than attack them right there in front of other yeah, people. Yeah, I don't want to do that either. And I want to apologize, Aaron, for suggesting you have a Peter Pan approach to anything. <laughs> but I'd like to hear that defined, though. What, when you yeah, say I that, really do. Yeah. What's, what, what's that mean? Apply I, that to something. I expressed myself... Um, I, I didn't. I did a terrible job of expressing that, and I had. It sounds a, like it's a, an approach that never grows up. <laughs> I had a flare-up of emotion, and I I misidentified my own thoughts and feelings, and I did the same maybe for you, and I apologize. Did you notice when you were younger that you, when you heard someone who moved you, or it was like, yeah, that's right, yeah. You would find phrases that came out of their mouths appearing at, you know, in your sentences as well. And then sometimes when you said them, you would go like, I'm not really sure I believe that. Yeah, I just I was just quoting Billy Joel there. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? I think and if somebody's listening, they're going, I didn't listen to this podcast for all this. Well, here's the deal. This we're musicians and you might not even know the kind of pressure we're, we are under sometimes different varieties of uh, situations. I mean, this stuff that we're talking about is actually very relevant because we stay in the homes. I stay in the homes of atheists and Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and Christians. And I stay, you know, in, in black homes and Mexican homes and white homes. I stay with Republicans and Democrats and Libertarians and Communists like I think we have an unusually varied experience with people and they, they all, all the ones I've been with go out of their way to be gracious hosts, including the hoarders. And you know who you are. And I appreciate <laughs> it's hard not to respect all these people for me. And I, I, I yeah. work a little harder to think about they're like me. You know, and yes. and what makes them different, and and I try to respect that. I don't have all that mapped out, though. Mm-hmm. I liked everything you yeah. just said. If you would, and I think, huh, man, you know, that him. was some Peter Pan stuff. <laughs> That's yes. what I was, was going to say. If you want to accuse me of being Peter Pan, I will take it. <laughs> that was good. Even though I'm much taller than you, I'll gladly accept that <laughs> designation. It always bothered me that I, I don't. I still don't know what didn't what it? I said. Oh, never mind. I feel Pan. like Dan is the Tinkerbell yeah. of the podcast. Well, it used to bother me when they'd always have a girl play Peter Pan. Really? Plays? Yeah. Well, boys used to model underwear in 1950s catalogs. I mean, that's disturbing to me. They'd model girls' underwear and dresses. Yeah, I wasn't around for that. Yeah, me neither. So I never. Well, hmm. sometimes you didn't see their face. It's weird. Look into the history of it. All right, next topic. Weird. <laughs> well, we should we should rap. I think you rapped really well yeah. just a second ago. Yeah, we might even edit that last part out. That's funny. <laughs> Probably not. All okay. right. Thanks for spending an hour of your lives with us. Let me be clear about this. When I accused you of having a Peter Pan opinion, I now believe I was wrong about that. Are you gonna is this gonna be a thing between us? I was just thinking, say Peter Pan opinion three times fast. <laughs> Ready? Peter, Peter Pan, Pan opinion, opinion. Peter Pan, Pan opinion, opinion. Peter Pan, Pan opinion, opinion. Peter Pan opinion. Oh, that was four, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, three. You've well, seen how I count in songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next next week's subject is counting. Peter Pan opinion. That's a that's a that's a sex tuplet. Peter Pan opinion. Peter Pan opinion. Peter Pan opinion. There's a couple of things I'd like to do with this podcast. One, I think it would be fun if we tried to do it all with single syllable words oh. just for like five minutes. That's so much fun. Uh, another, if we had a rule that we we're going to try ten minutes. Where none of us said I or me or you. So we're going to focus just on the idea. I think it would be nice oh. if um, 
Aaron and I talked about what we appreciate about you and your music for a whole hour. What do you think of that, Dan? I think I think that's a Peter Pan kind of idea. <laughs> I, <just laughs> I don't think that's right, Let's possible. try it again. I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. Peter Pan opinion. Peter Pan opinion. Peter Pan opinion. Oh, I said advice. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Three, two, one. Peter Pan opinion. Peter Pan opinion. Peter Pan opinion. Take four. Nope, we're done. Goodbye. Goodbye.